You've tuned in to 96.7 on your FM dial. This is CKLU.ca. If you're listening asynchronously, you can also join us on podcasts. Just Google my name, Hugh Cruzel, and the word podcast. You'll find ooh, 12 or more platforms carrying this content. Of course, you can use the standard ones like Spotify and Apple and Google. Again, I find the easiest way, just Google my name and the word podcast. There is an archive, a library of information available to you, this and other stories. We know that during our everyday lives, sometimes accidents happen and things go wrong and and sometimes we end up being hospitalized. As many of you know, I'm also involved with the CARP community. And that includes, well, I I can't just use the word seniors or or personnes âgées or there's so many different definitions and so many different kinds of of older adults, some who are incredibly vibrant and some who require long-term care. There are, like my guest today, those who get on bicycles and, and go and see the world and travel extensively, which is wonderful. My name is Hugh Cruzel, and my guest today is Jack DeCorby. Jack, what happened? You you ended up in hospital. I sure did. I was out with a, with a, on a bike ride with my wife. She had an e-bike, and she was behind me. And I was riding up Moon Rock, and I decided we were going to turn on Brenda, a left turn. So I said, well, she won't know. So I, I decided to signal, and of course you put out your left hand to do that. And when I did that, I had only one hand on the handlebars, and I hit a bump, and the wheel was forced to go hard right. And so I went flying. I was probably doing something like 25 kilometers per hour at the time, and bam, I ended up on, on my back on the street. Bam, bam, no, no concussion, I hope. No, I, I was a little shocked, though. I think the, the, but it, there was no concussion because I had no headaches and I was aware of things, relatively so. Any blood? At least my wife said I repeated myself quite a bit. <laughs> Any but blood, Jack? No. No, no, no skinned fingers or palms nothing, or Nothing knees? at all, nothing at all. Uh, but you did break something. I broke my femur. Uh, uh, left, right, driver's side, passenger left, side? Le- left, left femur. And, and, uh, and what does that, what did that, I mean, like really broke? Like... Absolutely. Broke. So now it's got two big pins in it, pinning it together. Like I did. It, it's like a hip replacement, except they didn't replace my hip uh, joint, which is that ball joint that fits into the hip. They just just put a pin to join the two broken pieces together, or a couple of pins, actually. Okay, that can't have been easy. I mean, there must have been, like, surgery and, and then recovery. Well, there was. Ugh. There was. There certainly was. But it wasn't bad surgery. I, I was awake through it all. They do it on a spinal tap. I found it kind of interesting listening and feeling them uh, inserting that pin. And they use, they use carpenter's tools, you know, um, like a hammer and a screwdriver and drills and whatever. It's, it's kind of strange. You can feel the pressure, but you don't feel the pain. So it's it was quite, and I was able to carry on a conversation with the, the medical team, which consisted of five people. There was an anesthesiologist and, uh, and of course, the surgeon. The one doctor was just there to do the stitches, and there were two nurses, of course. Hmm. But, uh, Jack, I mean, you are an older gentleman. Well, I'm 80 years old. I'll soon be 81. So, it's, you know, and that... that added some complications to things too go ahead what, what what did it what did it change 
Well, it, there is a bit of ageism around. Yes, there you is. You know, they don't expect an 80-year-old guy to be very, as quite as fit as I am and quite as aware as I am. So it was a little harder getting out of the hospital than I, than I anticipated because of that. Oh, what do you mean? They were like Mr. They Cor- wanted to keep me in longer. Oh, and my goodness. I didn't goodness. want to stay longer because I was up and around. I, I could do everything I needed to do. I did my physio all by myself. I got dressed, I got to bed, I, I showered, I went to the bathroom, everything. The only thing that the nurses did for me is bring me my pills. So I, I really worked hard at getting out, so it was a little hard. Okay, so you were in the hospital for how many days? I got out on uh, July the 2nd. So what, what did that mean? We were in for 10 days or so? Yeah, well, whatever it is from June the 20th to... Uh, to uh, July the second, yeah, about ten days. But yeah. Jack, I mean, that's that's uh, that's remarkable when you think. I mean, this was a a, a serious accident. Yeah, um, it, it was, and it. I'm still debilitated quite a bit. I can walk now, at least I can walk, and I can walk. I can, I, I, you know, very soon I could climb stairs, and well, the surgeon says you'll be walking tomorrow after he did the operation. And you said, no way. I didn't say no way. I kind of believed him. Unfortunately, I did. But I, I didn't walk much the next day. And mm. it was in huge pain. I walked maybe a yard. and um, But it got a lot better really quickly. Hmm. So now, here we are into August 2020. Um, you, you, you're not going to get on a bicycle yet. No, I may never. I'm not sure, but I don't think it'll scare me. Um, the, the fact of the matter is, is I'm never going to let go of the, both the handlebars at all. Any, <laughs> I thought maybe soon. I thought maybe you were, you know, doing it no hands. Look, ma, no hands. Oh no, I'm not that stable. I used to be able to do that when I was a kid, of course, but because we had bikes then. But uh, now it's. I, we don't. We're not as stable. The one thing that I've noted a, a deteri- a deterioration in is my stability. My balance isn't as good as it was when I was. Well, younger. that's where many older adults end up breaking an elbow, an arm, a, a hip, uh, yeah. because they. And of course, you know there are devices out there to help. But uh, I mean, you're not a cane guy. Although I think you guys use walking sticks, don't you? We do when we're when we're hiking. Uh, I'm not as ardent about it as my wife is, but um, because I'm a really good hiker, mm-hmm. I can I can out hike lots of guys that are ten, fifteen years, twenty years old, younger than me. So yeah, I'm a re- and that's probably led to my rather good recovery. Uh, the physiotherapist that I deal with, which is Lynn's, it, it's online, and she we do a vis- video conference. And she watches me do things and my exercises. And then she says, we're going to up that or we're going to do some other different exercises. And she said that I was about a week and a half, two weeks ahead of, of um, where I should be for, uh, for what happened to me. Well, maybe you have to slow down, Jack, but it sounds to me like you're not someone who ever slows down. Well, I, uh, Joyce says I'm phobic about doing my exercises. And, and I kind of am. Um, and every day, every morning, I go to the uh, boardwalk, and I, I have to walk with a walker because the physio said, I, if I'm indoors, I don't need a walker. I can walk with a cane. 
but on on outside I have to use one of those four wheel walkers. And I'm really looking forward to physio this week, uh, or next week, the beginning of next week, when she can tell me to that I can scrap the walker and just use a cane or walking stick. Mm. But I do about a kilometer maybe of walking uh, with the walker. Well, that's fantastic. Now, uh, you have always been very physically active, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Now, I think that's the answer to our to being healthy, is eating well uh, with a good diet and uh, good exercise. It just keeps your... Everything... Exercise helps your mind as well as, as, as your body. So Oh, it sure does. It. So here we are in the middle of the pandemic, the beginning of the pandemic, the end of the pandemic. I don't know where we are. Jack, you, did you notice protocols at the hospital? Did you? Now, you told me that physio, your physiotherapist is not actually present. You're doing it um, using um, Zoom or some other platform. But what yeah, about I don't know what it is. It's, it's a video platform. It isn't Zoom, and it isn't, um, it isn't um, uh, Skype. It's another platform, but it works very, very well. At the hospital, uh, in the surgery ward, uh, I had some. Really, I had a really good physiotherapist. She uh, assigned me things, and she had an assistant that was there on the weekends as well. Not so much so in IRU, which is intensive recovery unit. The physiotherapist there that I had was only working half days and never on the weekends. So, but I, by the time I was pretty much responsible for my own physio anyway. I had a routine of uh, physio that I did two or three times a day, and uh, and and I, I if I could get somebody to come with me, I could uh, go for a walk with the walker. And often uh, I did get a nurse. Later on, my wife was able to come in, and I walked with her. Well, I'm sure Joyce keeps you motivated as well. Oh yeah, she's really she's noticed that her workload has gone up quite a bit. <laughs> the things like doing the lawn and stuff like that I, I I still do cooking I I cook even though even with this so I've been doing meals anyway but uh, so I've got back to that no uh, we talked about protocols at the hospital uh, you, you probably had just Joyce visiting you when you were there or maybe not even Joyce I don't know well it took me I, it took me a long time to get her it was only in the last five days that she was able to do that and it, it was a certain a designated care provider right what they called her and she was allowed in once a day and um and that's that's the she, way it worked she, she came, came in, in and, came in, in in and ate your jello did she nope no nope. she didn't she not she didn't eat any of my food i think she has better food at home Although <laughs> the food isn't great in the hospital but it isn't it isn't horrible right um what about just your observations about the situation. I mean, let's face it, a lot of older adults here in Ontario and uh, and the CARP community have a lot of criticism about health care. We've ha- seen cutbacks, we've seen changes. Um, what was your general impression here in Sudbury, here at uh, Health Sciences North? I was treated pretty well. I, I found that sometimes uh, we had, uh, for example, during one of my, in my last week or so, the room I was in got flooded from a broken pipe, so they moved me into the dining room till they fixed the pipe. But they repaired the water damage. But the craftsmen that were there were unmasked, and we didn't know whether they were 
it was safe for them to be there. Right. And similarly, when there was a crew uh, working on the elevator, and they didn't have masks on either, but you would think that it being a hospital, it would be parent. Like, I couldn't even go from one department to the other. If I needed to go for an x-ray, I had to wear a mask. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> well, it, do, it does, uh, you know, that's maybe concerning. Uh, I don't know, but uh, maybe they've been screened. I, I, again, I have no idea. No, I me- have no idea. Some, someone was telling me that they're just allowed to do, to do the work without being masked. I don't know. I, I really don't know, but that mm-hmm. was the fact. That was a fact. Now, you're a member of the CARP community. You you participate in and attend whenever you're in Canada, when you're not traveling, you come out to, to meetings. Uh, what, what has CARP done for you? Oh, it's good fellowship, uh, and it's, uh, well, they have, they have a nice little magazine that you can get, and uh, no, I like CARP. CARP is, CARP is a great organization. I think we got one of the better, one of the better um, chapters in this city we have some really good people and i've been doing a bit of work with uh, the fundraising part of it um you know we do the ticket sales for the uh, heart of hearing home and we get part of the money and it's it's it supports our chapter and uh it's we get some great speeches <laughs> yeah like i'm telling you we i have learned a lot of things from listening to the speeches i enjoy those very much they're great there are other things that you do in life too. You you do volunteer at NOSM. Uh, NOSM stands for the Northern Ontario School of Medicine. How long have you been doing that, Jack? Since the beginning, I've been doing it for about I think about twelve years. I don't know how long they've been going, but I really I'm really a big supporter of uh, of the School of Medicine, and uh, I think they're the I think it's one of the best schools of medicine. I may be biased, probably am, but I don't. I'm okay to be biased. On the good side. Well, what, so, what do you actually do there? What What's your, what's your I, role? I pretend to be a patient. Most often, it's uh, it, it's a. I say I, you know I have to. It's standardized. So there's three or four of us doing the same case, and we'll come in with maybe uh, somebody's had a stroke or a TIA, and you have to exhibit the symptoms of those things. Mm. Well, now you'll be able to do a fractured femur. Uh, <laughs> have you told the people at Nossen that you're ready to volunteer? <laughs> I, I think I've told them. I'm not sure. They're, it's pretty slow at Nossen in the summertime, of course. And, of course, everybody's yeah. not doing... Uh, we, don't, we aren't doing standardized testing. We aren't doing the Canadian Medical Association testing. All these things have been put on hold with COVID. Yeah. But, yeah. but, Jack, you must get a big kick out of doing, uh, still participating. I mean, can we, can we turn the clock back? You had many jobs, probably. Uh, I, I know you had one big job, and you were very well uh, liked and listened to. Well, maybe not liked all the time, because sometimes you delivered bad news. But what did you actually do in your work world? I was a meteorologist. I, I ran the Sudbury Weather Office for, well, until it closed in 1996. And you tell people like it's going to rain today, folks. It's going to storm today. Yeah, we we did a lot of a lot of radio work, a lot of some TV work, but a lot of radio work, a lot of, and we started out briefing pilots, of course, about what weather they would expect um, during their route, and uh, we brief farmers, we brief construction workers. There's all kinds of stuff, and of course, we record the weather and keep weather records. records yes. So. 
Well, it was it was a I I thought it was a really nice job. I, I didn't tell the government that, but there were times when I would have done it for nothing. Rather than <laughs> well, now you do volunteer things. But you know what? It's not for nothing. It's for community good, isn't it? Absolutely. Even with my <clears throat> my broken hip, I was making um, muffins for the homeless. And in the last little while, they quit doing it. So now I don't longer do it. But I, I do a lot of volunteer work. I, I work with Dan Lee, uh, my friend, on... The, changing the flags on the bridge when they need to be changed, which is four times a year. And, there's, you know, I, I do volunteering at the Y. I do volunteering at, uh, of course. NOSM is not a volunteer job. As you know, we get paid, but I don't get paid because I give back the money. Yeah, and in fact, you came forward to me this spring when we were using the little library system, the little free library system. I don't know if yeah. our audience knows about that. And we'll talk about the Bridge of Nations as well in just a moment. But the little free library system is is, is all across North America and indeed probably around the world. I, um, you came to me when we were using that platform to distribute seeds because at the that particular time during the pandemic, there hardware stores were not open so you said to me do you remember what you actually said i don't remember you said you and joyce said how can we help can we make a donation yeah and i i said well that that's fantastic except you know it's not really required but i get a sense that you do your time and money to various organizations because you feel it is a responsibility yeah, it's a little, yeah, I, I really do. I really do like volunteering. I think volunteers make a big, big difference in the community, a big difference. Right now, though, being my age and being with the COVID-19, I find it hard to find places to volunteer. I find that perhaps volunteering to give money to charities is probably one of the easiest ways I can do it now because I can't physically volunteer for very many things because of my age and because of the COVID-19 scenario that's, mm. you know, right now. Like, for example, we used to run a big church yard sale every, twice a year, and I worked like a slave at that, but we don't do it anymore because we can't have a yard sale with, uh, with COVID-19. No. Do you find that you try to inspire others to to do the same i mean i know coming out to carp i i've watched you interact with others and you're like your enthusiasm is high have you been out recruiting for nasam and ha doing other things that say to people hey look at if i can do this and and i love doing this you should do it too i do i do speak to people about it i'm hoping that they will listen to me and become volunteers there um and it, and we need CARP needs volunteers, uh, NOSM needs volunteers of all ages. They even need babies as standardized patients. Yes, so. and, and men, uh, men of a certain age as well. I, I know that, that men over 55, it's very hard to, to recruit that segment. That's true. Um, I'm getting very close to my best before date <laughs> at NOSM, I think. <laughs> Oh, I don't think so, Jack. I think what we'll do is we'll pick you up and bring you over or get a taxi to bring you to, to events well, and activities. I'm, I'm hoping, I have a meeting with my surgeon tomorrow, and um, I'm hoping he will let me drive. I should be able to drive. I can walk. 
I can I can walk, although it's slow and and uh, and I limp. I can walk without a cane, hmm. so I should be able to drive. I would think well, I could drive a standard car right now. Uh, well, it, here we are in 2020, Jack. Uh, you know, if this was 2030 or 2040, you'd have an autonomous vehicle. You'd just say, "Take me to wherever." Uh, you know, it, it's a it's a very interesting time we live in, isn't it? It sure is. Some of the cars are getting close to being autonomous now. We were shopping for a car just before the accident, and some of them now have got some if lane awareness thing and it will it will not only warn you of of that you're deviating from the lane if you don't do anything about it it will steer you back in hmm Hmm. So, well, and, and lane de- so lane departure is one collision mitigation. Absolutely, um, absolutely, and and cruise the adaptive cruise control. Yes, is is, is good too because it slows the car down when you come up on a car behind. You know, it, yeah, there's cars are getting better at that, and they could be more, except we're not ready for it. No, maybe we are. I promise. No, well, I promise we'd return to the Bridge of Nations. Uh, you, how did you get involved with that? Oh, my friend Dan Lee involves me in a lot of things. He's he's a pretty good volunteer too, and he was he was one of the central figures in it. Him and uh, Ursula Sove and I think uh, one other person were the instigators of the whole thing. But now we we take the response. We haven't done this time because with COVID we weren't allowed to do it. Right. But we used we changed the uh, flags every every quarter. So here in Sudbury, uh, in case the audience is listening from anywhere else in the world, there is a bridge that uh, spans uh, the downtown railway yards and and on it are the flags of I think almost all the countries of people who live here. And uh, uh, that is how do you know how many flags there are, Jack? I I can't remember there's something like 80 something I think. So we we got a very diverse population here from well, I'm sure we go from A to Z uh, here in, in... Yeah, we do. It's amazing. There's still a few that... There's there's some that are going to go up soon, maybe not this summer, but they were planning on doing it this summer. This pandemic might have shortened that up a well, bit, but there are, there are a few nations that... Um, that have, don't have a presence? Well, m- as a meteorologist, you, you must actually be intrigued. I love coming across the Bridge of Nations because I look at the flags and go, oh, and then I look up the clouds and I go, ah, and I realize what's coming or what's... what. what I mean, you know the standard rule. If the flags are flapping, it's windy, and if they're just hanging down, it's calm. And, uh, you know, I, I do like to see them all stretched out, but at the same time, you know, I, I, they're kind of indicative also of our welcoming of, of all different peoples here to, to Sudbury, aren't they? Yeah, especially in this time when we're, we're really um, trying to be more receptive to different races, it's, it's really a good thing to do. Mm. Uh, so quality of life, that's what this program is really about, Jack. Yeah. Have you... You know, as you are aging, is your quality of life... I, mean, I just interviewed a fellow named Daryl Brooker, and he said that seniors, essentially what he said was seniors in Canada are doing fairly well, uh, you know, uh, both financially and physically. Would you say here in Sudbury, from your perspective, that seniors are doing well? I think there are some that are not doing as well as others, but mm. we certainly have no complaints, and, and uh, all my senior friends, which most of my friends are seniors, 
seem to be probably at the best time of their lives. It does seem that way. I must tell you, though, I, we get a slightly skewed view, version of being seniorhood in, in Sudbury at CARP uh, meetings because most of those people have driven there. They've come in a car yes. to Science North. They are possibly fairly well off with a good pension or a defined pension. Uh, they um, they might be retired teachers or firemen or, or, or professionals like yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. So we don't really understand some of the senior community as well as perhaps we should. That's exactly true. Um, I used to be on the uh, uh, board member for the Parkside Center. That um, oh, I'm glad you went there. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it too. And uh, we established, while I was a board member, we established the Park, Parkside Center without walls, where it's a phone call. There are many seniors that just can't get there. Because of mobility so, issues, for one. Exactly. And so they make a, a sort of... Um, phone call what do you call a conference phone with the, there's a you know there are people that can talk to them about things and so that 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 works pretty well it's been increasingly more popular with uh, with people mm. and we also had um, uh, one of uh, our members uh, raised a lot of money towards uh, sort of subsidizing the cost of getting to Parkside for people who are, don't have the wherewithal to to uh, take a bus or or to take a taxi, they can get some subsidized uh, transportation. So there's lots of good things happening to to seniors in that respect. It, often it's we have more services than than people are aware of, and it's unfortunate that it's hard to communicate that to people. Well, the, the Parkside Center does a very good newsletter, still a printed newsletter. But you're n- you're not afraid of technology. You you and Joyce have embraced it. You have mobile phones. I'm sure you have tablets. However, not everybody in Sudbury either has the resources, the financial resources, to have a mobile phone or a tablet. That's exactly true. That's exactly true. You and that's why it's so hard to get uh, information out to people hmm. um, because just knowing they exist. You can reach them, but if you don't know they exist, you can't. You can't get there. You know. No, and and we do it in all official languages. Uh, we we certainly try to reach out to everybody be, to be inclusive. But absolutely, some people also do. We know that men especially start to isolate themselves partly due to hearing issues. And uh, Jack, may I ask, do you have hearing aids? Pardon me? No, I don't. No, I I didn't think you did. Um, but I do know that once hearing starts to decline, people retreat. And if you yeah. don't, again, have the wherewithal, as you said, to get a hearing aid, uh, you don't have perhaps workman compensation to pay for it or, or your former employer, you, you do start to become more inward-looking. There seems to be a stigma with hearing aids. Mm. We seem to resent getting hearing aids when we don't resent getting glasses. Ah, For some strange, it's a sensory thing, just the same as as um, seeing. But we put off getting hearing aids for far longer than we should. Right. Well, just getting hearing tested. Whew. Yeah. No. So, so you're turning eighty, Jack. You're going to be doing some driving tests as well. 
I've done that already because I turned 80 last year. Yes. I've and, done that already. Well, that's that's a, a pretty easy test. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, and I'm glad you're still on the road and mobile and still engaged in community. And despite this bicycle accident, you are up, you're working hard at physiotherapy, and you're going to be back on the road and back back doing walks around the neighborhood. I'm hoping so. Boy, it's it can't happen fast enough. I was kind of hoping to be walking without any help by the end of this month, and I may I may be able to do that. Still. Well, it's a good time to actually have had an accident because if it was in the fall you might have been a little bit hesitant about winter walking but this way you'll regain your confidence and you'll be out there in in September October uh, counting off the miles. Even with COVID-19 it's uh, been a good time for that because there isn't much else to do anyway we're supposed to stay home most of the time (laughs) so there isn't much else to do but recuperate. So, well, uh, if I if it was a regular year without COVID, I'd be missing going on a trip or going out west or going visiting family. But I'm not now because I can't do it anyway. Well, we wish you happy healing, Jack DeCorby. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You are on the mend. Uh, we were we were saddened to hear of your accident, but we're glad to hear that the hospital health sciences north put you back together. And, and well, they did. The, the surgery was really good, and uh, it was—it seemed to work pretty well because it's working. I, I do have discomfort when I'm walking, but that's about it. Well, that'll that'll diminish, I'm sure. Jack DeCorby, I, I want to say thank you so much for appearing as a guest here on QOL. My name is Hugh Cruzel, and this program is broadcast on CKLU 96.7 on your FM dial.